We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Guilty as Charged podcast. Uh, we apologize for the delay. Uh, it got held up at work for a few minutes, but uh, we're, I'm here now. We're here now, ready to talk about the Chargers' upcoming matchup with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And to do that, uh, the man who hates Pittsburgh perhaps more than every other city in the country, so I can't wait to hear what he has to say about Pittsburgh today. Uh, Alex, how are you doing today, man? Uh, Western Pennsylvania is a total shithole, uh, and I hope we beat Pittsburgh this week because I am not doing a 1.30 a.m. cranky Mason Rudolph podcast. It'll be the worst <laughs> Alex you've ever seen. Um, but yeah, hopefully we win this game. Sunday Night Football, big game. Yeah, absolutely a big one in this week. Uh, big week in the AFC in general. Well, we'll probably talk about some of that, I would imagine. Uh, Tyler is here, Mr. Poopsburg, for those who are listening. Uh, Alex has Puck Fitzberg on his, uh, for those who are listening to the audio version. Uh, Tyler, how are you doing today, man? Yeah, in a surprising turn of events, both Alex and I decided to censor ourselves and leave out some bad words. Uh, that might change again, like Alex said, if the Chargers lose to the Steelers. Uh, but, you know, I, I never want to root for the Chargers to lose. But if it gives us the worst version of Alex we've ever seen, I don't know. Like, you know, maybe a tie would be fun. I mean, we've seen Alex eat a shoe on the show. We we didn't get the <laughs> right. we didn't get the shit on Link uh, Lincoln Financial Field. So, um, if, if, I, if it's a tie and I stay up till two thirty, no, I stay up till two thirty for the game, and then I have to stay up till three thirty or four for the show. You are getting like I, I will I will shit live on the show. <laughs> you are getting like just punished, Alex. For it's gonna be terrible. The well. Obviously, we got to hope that that does not happen. So uh, we're going to dive into this game. Uh, before we do, have to give a shout out to some of our sponsors who are doing some great things uh, for the Chargers fans and, you know, for themselves as well, obviously. Uh, and that's the Backroom Collection and Quest Designs. We have the description and links to those two in our description. If you want uh, some great Christmas presents for the Chargers fan in your life, please go check them out. Um, they are Chargers fans, so go show them some love. That being said, let's dive right into this matchup. I think, you know, we'll have some uh, big general takeaways or general storylines, of course, that we're going to cover 
Um, Tyler, I'll start with you, man. What is kind of the biggest storyline that you are uh, focusing in on in this one? As much as I've been discussing offense, and there's my dog, of course. Hello, Galadriel, my dog. Um, I'm focused on the defense this week, and it's not any particular player or position. I just want to know when this defense is going to show up. Um, There have been moments, I think, but when was the last time the Chargers had a really, really strong defensive performance? Now, some of it has been injury, sure, uh, bad luck, whatever you want to call it. But I'm waiting for this defense to kind of show up. And honestly, does anyone in the comments or does anyone here feel confident going into this game that they're going to stop Mason Rudolph and Najee Harris? Like, I think they can. I think they can. On paper, it makes sense. But, you know, Kirk Cousins was a top 10 passer last week. They couldn't stop the Eagles rushing attack the week before. Jalen Hurts was like, okay, like pretty solid. The defense right now is along the eighth most points per game in the league. They're 19th in takeaways. The offense, despite the fact that they're the seventh best at not giving the ball away, the team's only at a plus two turnover differential because the defense isn't taking the ball away. They're allowing 20 more yards per game on, or excuse me, rushing yards per game than the next worst team, which is the Texans. And they're actually right now behind the Texans in defensive DVOA. And anytime you're behind the Texans in anything defensive, uh, that's not good. So, you know, I don't know who the Texans have played, but the Texans, we all thought were basically going to lose every game this year. And the Chargers are worse than them right now in defensive DVOA. So is this defense going to show up? Because I've been talking about the offense and everyone's talking about, oh, fire Lombardi. Lombardi sucks. The offense sucks. Herbert needs to be better, whatever. But the offense is a top 10 offense in DVOA and EPA per play. And they've only improved since the bye. And no one's talking about the defense. So I like to shift that narrative and put some pressure, I guess. Not that I put any pressure, but, you know, is this defense going to show up? Honestly, are they? I don't really feel confident that they are. I think they can. But, you know, I don't know. I feel like to begin the season, we had a really good front seven or so. Or excuse me, we had a really good secondary to start the season. And then the front seven was eh. And then after the bye, it seems like we lost some of that secondary because Davis was hurt, Adderley was hurt, and then the front seven kind of showed up. So are they both going to show up? It seems like the injuries are finally coming together at the right time where they're not going to be all that banged up, barring some COVID issues. So I think they can put it together, but I'm not super confident. I need this defense to show up because we hired this coach for a reason. (laughs) Yeah, we did hire Brandon Staley for a reason, and obviously – uh, you know, the, the team needed a culture change and he certainly brought that, but obviously you hire the best defensive coordinator in the NFL to, to, you know, man a, a defense. And some of that is personnel for sure. Like this team has a lot of issues and personnel is, is definitely part of that, but you know, it, it's really frustrating when you get, you know, the run defense is improving, right? Like they, they kind of solved that issue. You have your best pressure output of the season against the Vikings and what happens? <laughs> you have the worst secondary performance of the season. So there's a little bit of flip-flopping going on with this team. And so that's something that I'll talk about after Alex. But, you know, this defense is kind of banged up. The depth behind Derwin James and Asir Adderley has not been very good, very consistent at least. Um, and we'll talk about the injuries. But if there were ever a time for you to put everything together as a defense, it's this week against Mason Rudolph. And of course, Big Ben could still theoretically play. We'll, we'll dive into that one as well. Um, but I mean, there's probably 30 quarterbacks in the league better than Mason Rudolph. So if you get uh, sliced and diced and shredded by Mason Rudolph, then we're going to have some big question marks after this one. Uh, what do you think about that, Alex? And then what is your uh, big storyline? 
Yeah, I don't want to think about getting sliced and diced <laughs> by Mason Rudolph. Um, I'll leave that for, to develop if it happens, but uh, don't want to think about it. Uh, my biggest storyline for this game is kind of the theme of the week, which is uncertainty um, on both sides. Obviously, the Chargers have their own COVID issues right now. Steelers have their own COVID issues with Ben Roethlisberger and Micah Fitzpatrick. Um, the litany of Steelers injuries right now, you know, some of the Chargers injuries right now. Uh, so I think on both sides of the ball, these teams are kind of not at their peak yet. Uh, very, yeah. very far from it. I mean, the Steelers just come off tying the Lions with Mason Rudolph. We're coming off of a one and three in the last month uh, and, you know, with some other issues to boot. So to me, this game is just about who's going to adjust better and who's going to adapt better uh, and who has the more solid pregame plan coming in with all of the uncertainties. So to me, that does heavily come down to coaching. Um, and that is what kind of concerns me most about this game, because as much as we want to say, hey, it's Mason Rudolph and haha, uh, Mike Tomlin came into the, the Chargers stadium, not uh, SoFi, but the stadium they were in, in the soccer stadium. And uh, he whipped us with Devlin Hodges. Like that, that is the reality of what Mike Tomlin can do and what a you know good Steelers coach defense can do as well. Um, so for me, it's going to be about which coach uh, adapts better and who's got the better game plan more so than, you know, a lot of the key injuries and key COVID cases that are happening. Um, because I do believe in theory, like Tyler said, the Chargers should be able to stop Mason Rudolph. <laughs> like that yeah. should be a thing. And I think, uh, you know, when you talk about the Steelers, like even though they're, you know, missing Micah Fitzpatrick, well, they should be able to stop this Chargers offense given how they're playing. So it's going to be about who breaks their slump, who breaks their, you know, negative trends of the last month. Um, and I think that's going to fall kind of directly on Brandon Staley and a little bit directly on Mike Tomlin as well. Yeah, I think that's a great call. And uh, Brandon Staley was talking about Mike Tomlin uh, and how he felt like, you know, everybody was asking him, you know, who did he compare himself to? Who did he kind of model his uh, coaching game, if you will, after? And he said Mike Tomlin. You know, Mike Tomlin was a secondary coach, uh, but he played receiver in college. So um, very similar pathway there. And then Mike Tomlin was only a coordinator for one season before the Steelers hired him. Obviously, he was very, very young when the Steelers hired, hired him. So um, a lot of similarities there for sure. And I think, you know, we can only dream to have that kind of success that Mike Tomlin has had for Brandon Staley. So I, I think that's a good call. I think both of these coaches have shown that the ability to make adjustments and that's kind of my thing, right? Like, you know, we've talked a lot about the problems of the offense, but what we haven't really talked a lot or, you know, what people on social media have not talked about um, really is the adjustments that the offense has made, you know, red zone hmm. offense was a big issue early on in the season. It's not really that big of an issue anymore. Uh, Tyler pointed out earlier today that the team is uh, um, top 10 or is it first in EPA on first down since the bye week? Correct me if I'm wrong second. there. They're second in EPA per play uh, on first downs, which was a big issue. The problem now is that they can't convert on third down, which was the big strength of theirs early on in the season. So that's the kind of flip-flopping that I, that I am talking about. So, you know, this is going to be a really interesting game because, again – you, you're waiting for this to put it all together, right? Like you fix red zone offense, you fix first down. Now you have to fix third down. So to me, everybody's talking about the lack of explosive plays and the lack of deep shots. To me, the biggest frustration of the offense has been the, the inconsistency in sustaining drives. And now that they are figuring out how to 
you know, call plays effectively or most effectively and convert on first downs and set and stay ahead of the chains. Now they're not converting on third downs. So uh, say what you want about Joe Lombardi and this offensive staff. They have continually made adjustments. Um, and I think they will in this one. And I think they'll be able to, you know, figure out how to sustain drives at the same kind of level that we saw against the Eagles, because outside of the Eagles, it's been very inconsistent in that regard. And to me, that's the biggest criticism of the offense, not the lack of deep shots. Yeah, it's such a Jekyll and Hyde thing. I mean, we talked about, oh, the first down offense sucks. Oh, the first down offense sucks. Stop throwing the screen or stop running inside or whatever it was. Since the bye, they, like you said, they're, they're I think they're, yeah, so second best on first down. I think they're top 10 on second down as well in EPA per play, which makes no sense that you'd be so bad on third down. Yeah. If you're good on first down and you're good on second down, you should have a very good third and manageable. And they're awful at it. I and I think, I think mostly also because of this last game, it's just bad execution. You're dropping balls. You're missing yeah. players. Herbert is a guy wide open. He sails it ten yards over Eckler's head. Bomber drops a pass. Cook drops a pass. It's so frustrating to watch. So they're getting there. Like if you're good on first down, you're good on second down. It should be pretty easy to convert on third down with everything you have. Can they execute? They just haven't. It's really frustrating. Go ahead, Alex. I was, yeah, I was just going to say, like, I, I think there are a lot of their third down issues right now are just drops and miscommunications, right? Like, guys not quite knowing where to get lined up before the snap. Um, you have someone like Keenan Allen, who last year and really all of his career has been one of the best third down receivers in the league. And now he's like one of the biggest droppers on the team, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, that's pretty abnormal considering what the Chargers have been, um, you know, when, you know, Keenan has been on this team for as long as he has been. So for him to have, you know, sort of some of the bulk of the, you know, biggest drop issues, that's concerning, you know, and that certainly lowers your potential third down ceiling for what this team can be. In addition to Mike Williams having a slump, in addition to Austin Eckler dropping balls and like Tyler mentioned with all those guys. So um, yeah, for, for me, it's just about communication. Like and people ultimately like, want to talk about Herbert throwing it too hard. It's like, no, it's just execution. Just execute. <laughs> yeah. Ball hits your hands, catch it. Like, it, it, it shouldn't be this hard. So, for me, it's a lot of the communication and execution issues that we've seen over the last month and having a chance to fix those in this game that they should win um, against this Steelers team. So, for me, yeah, it, it all comes down to that. Yeah, I think there are certain things that I want this offense to go back to what they did against the Eagles. And, you know, they used Donald Parham a little bit more vertically that game. You know, we saw the jump ball. He had a couple seam routes. Um, and the other thing, I would like to see them use Andre Roberts just a little. Like, give me five snaps minimum. I'm not asking for a ton. You know, give him an end around. Give him a couple of yak opportunities. Like, he's proving to be very explosive after the catch. His, his kick return numbers are not great right now. Of course, he had the 14-yarder. Uh, which really dragged him down. But, you know, he's showing some really good juice after catching these punts and these kicks. You know, I'd like to see him be involved a little bit in offense. I want to see Josh Palmer do more than just run stick routes and slants. Like, give him some yards after catchability. So, to me, when the offense isn't creating explosive plays deep, which is a variety of issues, it's not just Joe Lombardi. Um, but to me, you've got to be able to to compensate in other areas. And I think giving more yards after catch opportunities to Parham, to Andre Roberts, to Josh Palmer, I think would help. I think Keenan Allen is a fantastic receiver. I think he's one of the best in the NFL, but he's never really been that guy. 
and they are force feeding him yards after catch opportunities like nobody's business. And I think that's an adjustment with the personnel that Joe Lombardi can make going forward that would help the team. Yeah, I'm surprised that they've been giving Allen so many. And, you know, I think early on it was just because team, like especially against the, the, the Baltimore Ravens, teams were covering Allen really well. They said, hey, let's try a screen. Let's try, you know, a little bit of motion, get you the ball quickly. But since then, like, I feel like that's kind of calmed down. I feel like teams are giving Allen whatever, and but they're still going to him. And, and even what was the was the Vikings game? Or no, it was the Eagles game where he, he took a screen, a wide receiver screen, and he had, you know, 10, 15 yards in front of him. He just went that way. And he just kind of ran into two defenders. Like it's yeah. even like looks awkward at this point. So yeah, give it to Roberts or throw it to Palmer. Or I just want to see them go back to what they did against the Eagles. And again, that, that defense is bad and vanilla, but they got so many different players involved in different ways. That's yeah. that's a more valid criticism, in my opinion, than Joe Lombardi deep passes. That's the deep pass thing is a waste of is a waste of time. Like everybody in the comments, I see all of you talking about Joe Lombardi and the deep passes. That's the wrong thing to be criticizing him about. Find something else. Yeah. So, all right. Any other uh, big storylines before we get into the uh, rather lengthy injury report today? No, because no, that's it, really. We're, we're going to need a lot of time for that one. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. So, obviously, you know, the biggest question mark this week is what happens with Joey Bosa. You know, we can talk about COVID if you guys want to. I was kind of roasted on Twitter for that, but it is what it is. So, Joey Bosa is a close contact because of Jerry Tillery's positive test. Christian Covington is also a close contact due to a positive test. My understanding is that Covington is most likely out in this one. Joey Bosa does have a chance to play uh, because he got on the list early enough. So uh, let's talk about the defensive tackles specifically first because they did sign Braden Fajoko. They signed Karan Reed to the practice squad, which like totally slipped my mind, did not even register with me that that was who they decided to sign the practice squad. So, Tyler, what are you making of the defensive tackle room in this one? And I forgot to mention, Limbaugh Joseph, questionable, or not questionable yet, he has not practiced because of a shoulder injury. So, uh, what are you making of the defensive tackle room ahead of the Pittsburgh Steelers matchup? Well, thankfully, they have Cortez. Br- oh, they don't have him. They cut him <laughs> in a horrible decision. So, okay, the Limbaugh Joseph shoulder thing, I'm hoping that's a veteran rest thing. I believe he finished the game against the Vikings, so I don't know when he would have sustained the injury. Um, so who knows what the hell is going on there. If you were a younger player, we wouldn't say veteran rest day, but he's, you know, whatever age he is. So I think veteran rest day, if Tillery's out, then, you know, they might improve run defense. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> thankfully they have Justin Jones. So the other defensive tackles they could lose. It seems like they have kept the right one so far. That's healthy and available. So that's good. Um, Merrill will definitely be activated if, if Joseph can't go. Yeah. Hoko has been losing weight. He he looks really slender. There's a picture of him in a white shirt. Someone took like a, a week ago. He looks completely slimmed down. I know he's been losing weight, and I know they've been trying him at nose tackle and defensive tackle. So I think if Covington can't go, that's your new Covington. Merrill's your new Joseph. Jones is your normal guy. Um, and then we'll see. I, I, think the, I think the biggest, most important thing, and this will really, really help if Tillery is out, if Joey Bosa plays, I'm sure they'll play him a lot at some sort of a, you know, yeah. four down kind of guy or, you know, not four down, four player front kind of guy. Um, and, you know, let Fakron Mosa go or, hey, you know, Murray's an edge now, let him go. Or, or Rumpf is non-existent as a pass rusher. But maybe if Joey Bosa slides inside, Rumpf will finally get more than one pass rush snap. So I think that's kind of what they'll do. I 
I don't know. It, it's it's so hard to gauge where things are going to be, especially with Limbaugh Joseph's rest day. Um, if I were to pick between Joseph Covington and Tillery, I'm over Limbaugh Joseph. Like he's been excellent. I hope he's around and okay because uh, it's not a very good game to lose him. No, yeah, I, he's been. Go ahead, Alex. Sorry. Yeah, I was just gonna say. You know, I mean, they absolutely need Linval Joseph if they're gonna win this game. Um, so Jerry Tillery he has to get two negative tests because he actually yeah. has COVID. Uh, yeah. So we'll see if he plays. Like Tyler, I'm sort of of the opinion that you might see slight <laughs> improvements without Jerry Tillery. I think the main problem for the Chargers at this point, though, is bodies because Christian Covington is likely going to be out since he was uh, on Wednesday. Well, we actually don't know his vaccination status. That's another thing. Like, like Steven said, we tripped into doggy doo-doo with that on Twitter uh, because Steven was like, uh, oh, Joey Bosa's vaccinated. I'm like, is he though? (laughs) And I ended up being right. But uh, well, also we're learning because of Antonio Brown. Yeah, no fucking idea who is vaccinated (laughs) or not right now. What a fucking mess that Antonio Brown has created. Oh Oh my gosh. The NFL has created this whole mess. They don't know what they're doing. They're just you know yoloing it. Which at this point, you know, that's the best you can hope for, I guess, from their accountability standpoint. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think Joey Bosa will obviously ready to go uh he doesn't actually have covid so you know he should just be able to roll in there um i don't love the fact that he's just kind of getting a total week off practice and you know he's not going to be kind of in the system and in the game plan that much but obviously the coaches will keep him updated as to you know what he's supposed to be doing uh so yeah no for me it's just a raw bodies issue if you lose one of joseph or bosa for this game that becomes very problematic I think if you sub in a Fahoko for, you know, a Covington or if you sub in uh, somebody for Tillery, I don't think that's that bad. Um, but yeah, no, it, it definitely is not looking up for the defensive line right now just in terms of bodies. And it's like, you know, something Steven said where it's like, well, they figure out one thing and then something comes back. So right when we figure out run defense, Tillery yeah. COVID happens. So that's uh, that's not great. But uh, yeah, I I feel relatively confident still in the defensive line. If it's Bosa and Joseph, then they can play. Uh, if one of those guys is out, my confidence drops quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I Obviously, no one has asked Brandon Staley about Linval Joseph. Uh, I didn't listen to Ronaldo Hill's press conference yet. I don't know if anyone asked him. I doubt it. Um, so we'll see. It, it kind of is of the pattern, right? You know, Joey Bosa doesn't practice all week. He plays. Mike Williams doesn't practice all week. He plays. So we'll see. I, I'm kind of like leaning yes, but I don't feel confident about his status. So, uh, you know, if Christian Covington, Jerry Tillery, Linvaugh Joseph are out, then you'll see Justin Jones play the three technique with probably Forrest Merrill called up from the practice squad to play the nose. Um, and then you'll see uh, Gaziano and Fajoko probably ro- rotating with that other spot with that other three technique. But, you know, it's, then who's the fifth defensive tackle? If Covington, Tillery, and Joseph are all out, then I, like I literally haven't seen Karan Reed play any kind of snaps recently. I think he was a practice squad last year guy, practice squad guy last year too. Um, I think his name's Andrew Brown. Literally never heard of him until the Chargers signed him. So um, yeah, it's it's a bad spot to be in right now. Um, obviously, you know Joseph. Oh, apparently, Joseph uh, was mentioned in the press conference. Uh, said he was all good. So I guess I missed that one. But, uh, you know, him being there is, is huge this week. And it was huge before. Now with Tillery and Covington likely out, it's even that much bigger. 
Okay, so in terms of the other injuries, um, Justin Herbert was added today. Don't really think that's much of anything. Um, Drew Tranquil is also still in the COVID uh, protocols. Uh, that needs to be said as well. Um, but Brandon Staley did say that he's trending positive, which is a rather short place of words. Um, the other issues or other injuries, excuse me, Nasir Adderley looks like he's back on track to play. Michael Davis looks like he's back on track to play. Um, however, Alohi Gilman has not practiced this week. Trey Marshall has not practiced this week and Mark Webb has not practiced this week. Uh, so Alex, what are you making of the status of the secondary right now? Uh, not good. I mean, just in terms of the amount of bodies they have, like that's the whole thing with the defensive line. If Michael Davis and Asante Samuel Jr. can go, I feel much better about the secondary in general. Um, but Michael Davis is also coming off of a hamstring injury and like, those are very easy injuries to re-aggravate. Uh, and we've seen it happen a bunch in football and basketball and pretty much all sports. Uh, so that would be where I think, you know, if you have Chris Harris or Tavon Campbell have to step in, it's not as bad as the Vikings. Cause you're not against going, you know, Thielen and you know Jefferson eviscerating you every play. Um, but I, I do think the injury Davis and him coming back this week, that is a particular concern I have with a lot of the depth they don't have in the secondary right now. Um, overall, I don't think it's too bad. I'd love to see Alohi Gilman back just because of, you know, what he provides to this team and how well he he had been playing. Um, uh, Nasir Adderley is projected to uh, come back as he should well, be back, I yeah. assume. Yeah, yeah and Sierra Adderley is not on the injury report, so he should be back. So they are getting a boost there because they, you know, sorely have missed him whenever he's been out this year. Uh, so, yeah, I, I feel okay with the secondary. If you're telling me Michael Davis plays, if you're telling me Michael Davis doesn't play, I mean, that's really just been the direction of the secondary and, and trying to trust it the last two, three weeks. Yeah, I think for the secondary, right, like it's a much easier matchup this week. I I think Deontay Johnson is is a good player. I think uh, apparently Ray Ray McLeod is a good player too. (laughs) I don't know. The man had 13 targets last week, which is kind of crazy. Chase Claypool looks like he's tracking the play. So they're good players, right? But they're they're not Justin Jefferson. They're not Adam Thielen. And Big Ben throws basically 70% of his of his passes uh, between the line of scrimmage and nine yards. Mason Rudolph is about the same. So I think the secondary, we can look for a better week in terms of coverage. Of course, it's it's difficult to be worse than they were last week. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's, it's more about rallying to the ball and tackling for the secondary this week because the Steelers run so many short routes in their passing game. Yeah, exactly. So if Michael Davis is not feeling that great, just have him line like 15 yards off the receiver and just read and react, go downhill, make the tackle. It ain't yeah. going over his head. So, you know, but uh, no, I'm, I'm happy to have Davis back. You know, everyone was like, oh, you know, we can bench Davis and Samuel Jr. It's fine. We have Campbell like and that's true. Like Campbell's good, but everyone kind of overreacting like, yeah, we don't we just put Campbell on the field. He deserves it. Take Davis on the field. He can't tackle. Well, what Davis can do is he can cover. And so, and he actually does turn his head around these days. And I, I honestly think three plays in there, Davis is in there. They probably win the game last week. Um, so having him back is going to be excellent. All of them, really. Yeah, I just want to say regarding Michael Davis's overrated talk, go watch the Buffalo game last year of Michael Davis covering Stephon Diggs, and then go watch the uh, Tavon Campbell covering Justin Jefferson, and then never say that he's overrated like ever again. <laughs> Come on. 
Yeah, I just got to say really quickly, people are are comparing the Chargers struggles to uh, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Did we not just see Josh Allen put up zero touchdowns and six points against the Jacksonville Jaguars? I think you guys are really over overestimating the offensive struggles right now. Kind of hey, Urban's an elite head coach. Don't, don't <laughs> yeah, he, he 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 beat Josh Allen himself. Yeah, Josh Allen beat Josh Allen. You know, it is what it is. Anyways, um, the other injury that, of course, we have to talk about, unfortunately, Justin Jackson still not healthy, still a week away, uh, always a week away, apparently. So this is uh, going to be, you know, uh, another. Tough week for the backup running backs. You know, it's not getting any easier against the Pittsburgh Steelers with Cam Hayward and company. So um, it's really annoying. I'm, I cannot express my frustration enough about the running back situation. Uh, Justin Jackson is a good player, but I'm sick of all these little minor injuries that uh, are supposed to be one week and they turn into four. So anyways. Well, thank goodness we have other running backs to watch. <laughs> We don't even get like the Justin Jackson Sunday night football Steelers game again. We're going to get like Larry Roundtree and Joshua Kelly. It's like, ugh. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so yeah, that's the status. Um, all right, let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers injuries because obviously they have uh, very important injuries. I mentioned Chase Claypool. Looks like he's tracking a play. He's been limited in practice. Um, TJ Watt obviously has not practiced yet. So we haven't really gotten a firm update from uh, Mike Tomlin or any of the Steelers yet. Apparently on Wednesday, he used, well, he's been using the phrase leave the light on all week for his players. Um, He's not ruling out TJ Watt just yet. Um, But if he's not able to go, the the Pittsburgh Steelers have uh, Derek Tuska from uh, North Dakota State, I believe. Um, And then Taco Charlton, who just was on the practice squad. So. Uh, and then obviously Alex Highsmith is their other edge rusher. So TJ Watt not playing in this one would obviously be huge for uh, for the Chargers in the offensive line. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought Alex was about to click the button. Yeah. No, that'd be great. If, if TJ Watt doesn't want to play or he's hurt, like that's completely fine. I think Storm Norton's on a really, really good streak right now. That would have come to an absolute crashing disaster if TJ Watt had played because TJ Watt just abuses you know bad tackles and he's very consistent at it too yeah but if he's not playing that's huge for this team it you know i don't know much i mean cam hayward's amazing i don't really know much about their edge rushers outside of ingram who's now gone so you know if they feel comfortable and this these edge players aren't that great you know it's one of the things they did against the 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 eagles who actually have some reason decent front four no, they, they spread the ball out and look really good. So I think if and they kind of let their tackles have an island and, and Storm Norton had to hold up and he did. So if they feel sort of that kind of confidence, especially with Fitzpatrick out, we may see them open things up a little bit more. Maybe Herbert will look a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, um, I think, I mean, I don't even think this is a low-key thing to say. Like, I think TJ Watt's status is much more important than Ben Roethlisberger's. Like, I think Ben Roethlisberger 100%. and Mason Rudolph 100% kind of the same thing at this point like i mean steven brought up you know the way that they throw like you know big ben (laughs) hospital balling you know all day all day long you know whenever he plays on the field um mason rudolph a little bit of the same uh so to me you know that one to me does not make the distinction of who wins the game but having tj watt off the field and having storm norton not even have to you know recognize him like obviously alex highsmith is a very good player um taco charlton exists 
but uh, you know, so <laughs> I, if, if, you know, like I can trust at least Alex Highsmith against Storm Norton, I cannot trust Storm Norton against DJ one. Um, yeah. That's, that's really the issue. So, um, but yeah, for, for me, the biggest one on some level is uh, Minka Fitzpatrick and, and whether yeah. he's back from COVID, if he's going to be out this game, um, I think that's a really big loss for them in terms of how he's been playing really since he's gotten traded there. Um, so they would definitely be losing bodies in the secondary in addition to the fact that their secondary is not like great anyway. So I, I would say that losing Minka would be a pretty big loss there in addition to potentially losing TJ Watt for this game. Yeah, not having Minka Fitzpatrick in this one is going to be huge. So um, my understanding of that situation is that he is positive for COVID as well. Um, so he would have to test negative twice. Um, so I, I, I would imagine that we figure out if he's playing or not uh, on Friday. I just noticed that Tyler, there he is. Okay. Um, so that one's definitely up in the air. I mean, not having Fitzpatrick and not having TJ Watt. I mean, they're, they're the two best players on the Steelers, in my opinion, you know, at any position. So, you know, I'm going to be interested to see what they do with Alex Highsmith if they do not have TJ Watt because they're very much like how the Chargers used to be in the sense of like, uh, TJ, you're lining up on the left side. Alex Highsmith, you're lining up on the right side. So Highsmith is going to, if he's only again, rushing against Rashawn Slater, he's getting clamped, you know, that much I know. So um, I'm curious to see if that changes without TJ Watt, but uh, I, I can't imagine it does. Um, the other injury that I think is of importance is offensive lineman Kevin Dotson for them because this is with an ankle injury he has not played he is uh one of their starting guards I think he's very very good and the backup behind him uh is a player who looked like has played like seven snaps this year and like 30 last year so um that one's gonna be pretty interesting especially if the Chargers defensive line is is playing or kind of a mess yeah, it's fantastic. The Steelers kind of are running into the same problem the Chargers had last year, where it's like you can kind of make a decent starting group, but you need to draft guys. You have to have also have to have depth. And for him to go from, you know, their starter to, like I said, a guy who's played seven snaps, that's awful. But the Chargers dealt with that a lot last year. They're going to deal with it again this year, or at least in this game. So if he can't go and it doesn't look like he can go, it's huge, huge for this very not great interior defensive line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we need more Steelers losses to cover up our losses on the defensive <laughs> line right now. You know, eye for an eye. Hammurabi's code, baby. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I forgot to mention that Joe Hayden has also not practiced. He is their best what corner. A list. So it, the uncertainty in this game is honestly like unlike any other game that I've seen across the NFL. I mean, you've got so many good players potentially not playing in this matchup. You know, not having TJ Watt, not having Joey Bosa, well, likely not having them. No Minka Fitzpatrick, no Michael Davis, potentially. Like, it's just crazy to me the amount of injuries and COVID issues that both of these teams are dealing with right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, Buster Sportsbook isn't really our sponsor anymore, but I'm going to tell you, don't bet on this one. <laughs> yeah, do not bet on this one. Um, all right, guys, any other uh, thoughts here about the injuries before we move on? Bring up Ben DeLuca. Here we go. <laughs> big Ben, Honestly, Ben DeLuca. <laughs> big Ben DeLuca. He's our big Ben. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, they, they might have to. So, um, all right, let's uh, dive into these key matchups and X factors for this one. Uh, I'm going to start this one off by talking about Cam Hayward versus mm -hmm. Matt Filer. Um, you know, if, of course, Cam Hayward could probably uh, end up against Michael Schofield, but to me, 
you know, the, the matchup to watch really is Cam Hayward versus Matt Filer because it, it's two really, really good players. I think Cam Hayward is one of the most mm-hmm. underrated players in the NFL. He actually yep. has more pressures than TJ Watt, which wow. is kind of crazy if you really think <laughs> about it because he's an interior defensive lineman. Um, he's 32, playing the best ball of his career, in my opinion, and mm-hmm. producing at an insane level. He's top five uh, at the defensive tackle position in pressures and run stops. He's the only defensive tackle to be top five in both. So you're looking at a guy in Matt Filer who's playing the best ball of his career, and, and he's mm-hmm. going to go up against his former teammate, Cam Hayward, pretty much all day long. I think Filer has been a huge blessing for this team, played better than even than I thought he could. Um, and, you know, Filer developed this nickname, the anchor while in Pittsburgh in part because of his performances in practice against Cam Hayward. So they know each other incredibly well. They're both playing at a pretty high level. And I think to me, like of all the matchups in this one, I think Cam Hayward, especially if TJ Watt is out and how they handle him or not handle him really is going to be the biggest thing for this Chargers offense. And I, I can't wait to watch it. I hope. I really, really hope that Cam Hayward spends most of the day against Matt Filer, not just because him going against Michael Schofield would be a complete, utter disaster for the Chargers, but I just want to see good (laughs) on good. I want to see best on best, and I think we will. Uh, So Cam Hayward, Matt Filer, my matchup of the day. Until, Like you said, until it goes right to Schofield. (laughs) So let's say it is Schofield, though, and you know Norton's and Schofield, that's a a matchup they're going to lose. So flex your offensive line coaching chops here. How do you help an interior offensive lineman? We talk about the tackles all the time. Is there a way to help out a guard? Not really. So you're doing a lot of like <laughs> shifting, you know, you're doing a lot of shifting protections. You're because the thing with the Pittsburgh Steelers is that they run a three, four, they play a lot of five man fronts. So mm. you're asking your players to handle one-on-one matchups. I guess you could slide protections in a way that has the running back or tight ends taking on one of the bad edge rushers one-on-one. And then you have Mm -hmm. Lindsley and Norton helping out with Cam Hayward. But the way that the Steelers play, it's, it's difficult, right? Like there's a reason that TJ Watt and um, shoot uh, Bud Dupree always had a ton of pressures because they always had the fewest amount of double teams because the Steelers just run a ton of five man fronts. Now we're seeing that with Cam Hayward. It's a ton of one-on-one opportunities. So really in in terms of protecting Justin Herbert, (laughs) this is a week where you would love to have an efficient running rushing attack. This is a week where you would love to see Austin Eckler have 90, 100 yards, 105, whatever the case may be, and force the Steelers, you know, to play the run as opposed to playing the pass. So um, I mentioned the first downs and second downs. You have to stay ahead of the sticks and keep the Steelers away from known pass situations uh, and run the ball as best as you can. Yeah, um, I'm... (laughs) I'm going to say my key matchup is Najee Harris. Like uh, that yeah. matters more to me than Big Ben or Mason Rudolph. Um, I think they're kind of the same thing at this point, like I've said. Uh, and Najee Harris is not having like crazy averages. I believe he's averaging 3.7 yards per carry, but he does find ways to get involved in the receiving game. He does find ways yeah. to get involved on the ground. Um, and I think if you're talking about a Chargers team, that's not going to have Christian Covington, probably not going to have Jerry Tillery. Um, and then having to kind of deal with Joey Bosa, obviously getting double teamed all the time and probably, you know, dealing with, you know, potentially Linval Joseph, not as great as he has been. If he is truly injured, 
I think that's a really tough task for this defensive line to, to have to deal with Najee Harris and, and the physical abuse he's kind of going to put on them. Even though the Steelers offensive line isn't great right now, the Chargers have struggled with these kinds of running backs um, in the past. They did okay with Dalvin Cook last week and then sort of got through it. Um, but, you know, there were also been a lot of missed tackle issues and someone who could take advantage of the 14 missed tackles they had last week is Najee Harris. Um, so to me, that is something that's going to come into account this game. And it's the key matchup that I am most concerned with from a defensive and offensive standpoint. Um, they have to be able to tackle heavy and just bring him down on the ground. Whatever the gain is, you know, live with it, fight another play, but he cannot have some of these, you know, three yard gains that turn into eight or nine, like Dalvin Cook had, uh, you know, yeah. the week prior. Well, to me, like the, you know, the missed tackles has kind of become the drops issues of the defensive side because it's coming at the worst possible time, right? Like you have a second and 20, the the Minnesota Vikings run an uh, outside zone play. You bottle up nicely. Jerry Tillery misses a tackle and everybody thinks that he was tackled and then it turns into a 15 yard game. You know, you have a second and 15 or whatever it was and you throw a two yard pass to uh, Alexander Madison and Kenneth Murray slips and Madison turns a two yard pass into a 24 yard gain after breaking three or four tackles. So, um, you know, situationally it's been tough to watch on film the the missed tackles pop up because, you know, you, you presumably would have hoped that they would have solved that issue. Um, so this is definitely a matchup where, like I said, you have to be able to rally and rally and tackle, um, and not miss 14. Like if we could miss like six or seven or eight, like that would be fantastic. Yeah, not six or seven or eight on one play, guys. And though the whole game would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. I believe Arjun pointed out the Steelers went a ton of inside zone. I don't know what the Vikings yeah. ran, um, but that's very it, yeah, that's what I figure. I, the Eagles ran a lot of inside zone. So what I'm getting at is that didn't work out for the Chargers. So hopefully they do better this time, much like the Raiders, much like the Vikings interior. Right now, it's not that great and it's banged up. So I think they can take advantage of that just to get a couple of plays. Maybe, yeah, sure. Maybe they give up some runs of eight, nine, whatever. But they can also get some good run stops, tackles for loss. Maybe, oh my gosh, a tackle for loss. That would be amazing. Uh, my key matchup in this one, <laughs> I don't know who's going to be in the secondary, but it's going to be Justin Herbert versus the Steelers secondary, specifically on those bootlegs, quarterback movements with deep shots. Because Herbert, right now, is a pocket passer. He's just not hitting those deep shots. Now, some of them, like last week, two of them were called back. Or not called back. They don't count because of defensive pass interference. Um, other ones, he's just not getting there. It's a, a panic thing, potentially, not being able to read if they show blitz or something speeds up his internal clock. He's going to Keenan Allen Intermediate or, or short, while Mike Williams is way down the sideline uh, by himself because the DB actually tripped or whatever on the play. Williams is like, hello, anybody? You know, Cook on a corner, he's there. Um, but when Herbert moves, and you think of any of the, the plays that he's had this year that are those huge, nice plays, you know, with the biggest bombs you can think of this year, the Parham touchdown that didn't count in Dallas the touch the big 50 60 whatever yard catch against the Eagles from Williams Williams big touchdown against the Cleveland Browns Allen down the sideline of the Dallas game that you talked about last week is one of the best plays of the year um, Allen down the sideline again against the Vikings all of them are on the move he's just way more comfortable there doesn't really have to read as much so assuming the protection holds up that's part of the reason that it doesn't work when he's on the move but if it holds up I think it you know I, I want to see him challenge this secondary that's going to be pretty banged up I think um, it just simplifies the read. It gives him a ton of time to survey what's going on through extending the play. And it just seems like he's very comfortable doing it. So I'm, I'm very curious to see if they can capitalize on those deep passes. 
get him to move more. I feel like they always have that one kill shot per game, maybe two against the Eagles. I loved how they were moving him outside the pocket. Even if it was kind of a short or intermediate 15 yard pass to Josh Palmer, they were just moving a little bit. Things really clicked for him. So I'd like to see them get back to that. Cause then they got away from that against the Vikings. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the way that Justin Herbert is playing because I've been pretty critical of him. And I think some, a lot of that is deserving. And one of the plays that, you know, what you were mentioning kind of made me think about was his incomplete pass to Austin Eckler that he, you know, sailed 10 yards over his head. And I wanted to talk about it because you had on that play, Donald Parham was running a corner route and Mike Williams Mm -hmm. was running a go route. In my Mm -hmm. opinion, both of them were open. You could have pulled the trigger on both of them. The problem Mm -hmm. is that it seemed like Justin Herbert, I don't want to put, you know, words in his mouth or anything like that, but it seemed like he was expecting cover two and the safety Mm -hmm. dropped and turned it into a cover one robber look, which is pretty common. Mm -hmm. A lot of teams Mm -hmm. do that. And so the safety dropping, it looked like it really surprised Herbert. And so he kind of panicked and then he kind of went, instead of going to like his third read. So I want to say it was Jalen Guyton was running like a, a deep over route on the opposite side. So instead of going Parham one, Williams two, Guyton three, he went all the way back to Mike to Austin Eckler. And then for whatever reason, he felt like there was pressure. There wasn't. And he lofted a pass 10 yards over the head of Austin Eckler. So I promise everyone listening to this show right now, there are deep shots. They are being called. Some of that is that Justin Herbert is not trusting either the receivers or the protection or just he's not trusting the scheme. He's not comfortable. But the deep play calls that all of us want are there. Justin Herbert just has to let the ball rip. So, you know, I don't know what it is there. It's probably a variety of a lot of things. But that play to me really is kind of encompasses the play of Justin Herbert over the last few weeks. Play calls there, receiver gets open, and he just he messes up. Yeah, one of the things you were talking about with I forget his name. I'm sorry, you just interviewed him for these covered the Steelers. Brian he Dyer. um yes, he was talking about all the, the injuries that they had. And basically when it came down to Fitzpatrick, he said, you know, I, he didn't know who the guy was after Fitzpatrick. Like he couldn't think of his name. So to me, it's like you can feel comfortable going after the secondary because if you if you yeah. cover the team. He knew everybody else. He knew everybody else, no yeah. problem, <laughs> forwards and backwards. But he's like, I don't know the, who the after is after Minka Fitzpatrick because A, Fitzpatrick is that good and you don't have to really think about it. And B, yeah. the guy after him probably isn't that good. So you can go after him. Yeah. And, you know, Joe Hayden potentially not playing either. And it's not like yeah. the other corners are fantastic. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'm, I would love to know, like I would love to be a fly on the wall of the quarterback meetings. But I think, you know, the lack of deep shots is definitely the lack of frequency somewhat. But the, the play calls are there. You know, Jalen Guyton is getting open deep down the field. Mike Williams is getting open down the field. Donald Parham getting open down the field. I, I just I, I'm hoping that Justin Herbert comes out a little bit more aggressive himself and, you know, really trust those players to yeah. make plays. Yeah, and, you know, it wasn't the case all year, but against the Vikings, I don't know if it was just 10 to 15-yard kind of routes or whatever, but Mike Williams, that's that. He was open on 80% of his routes, and Herbert just didn't go to him. Now, he did go to him once, and he completely botched it, dropped the (laughs) touchdown, so maybe there's a reason he's not going to him, but if he's open on 80% of his routes, someone's getting open, someone's scheming these things open, the deep balls are there, he's just not hitting them. Yeah, And, and to be clear here, I'm not concerned about Justin Herbert, long term i still think he's a fantastic player it's just that we've expected so much of him so to see him be just a little off on these particular plays is just a little surprising 
Any thoughts, Alex? Uh, no, you guys have been on top of the whole deep pass debate the whole week. Uh, I have nothing to add that would be productive to Twitter.com. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's that's it for me. Do we want to get into uh, X-Factors? Yeah, let's move on to X-Factors. Alex, you go right ahead there. Yeah, I'm going to go with Steelers cornerback uh, Trey Norwood, uh, who is probably going to be replacing Minka Fitzpatrick this week. So if you watched, if God forbid, if you watched the Steelers-Lions game last week, um, <laughs> one of the things that happened did. in that game, uh, I watched a little bit of it, actually. It's very unfortunate that I did. But uh, he's their seventh-round pick out of Oklahoma last year. Um, got some increased time, actually, yeah. when Joe Hayden went out. Uh, so that's sort of why his snaps went up last week. This is obviously going to be the most snaps, you know, probably that he's ever played in his career, his, uh, career high, or at least season high to this point, uh, is that oh, actually he played 68 snaps in week one. So he could be you know on track for that kind of pace, uh, again. So in, in that game, he sort of gave up, uh, 48 yards, 9.6 yards per reception, uh, 83.3 reception percentage. So, you know, not great numbers when he's been, you know, sort of targeted the whole game. Uh, but recently he's been playing well. But again, this is sort of, he was sort of flexed out a little bit of the lineup, and now he's sort of being flexed back in into that, you know, primary corner role. Um, he'll sort of be doing a little bit of both Joe Hayden's work and potentially Micah Fitzpatrick's uh, work if he is going to be playing in this game. So, that might be the guy to target uh, or he might prove us all wrong and sort of have that game of games uh, where Justin Herbert can't really pick on him and has to pick on somebody else. But uh, I think how he plays and it particularly in lieu of the Fitzpatrick COVID situation um, is actually going to be really big in this one. So that's to me, the name to watch as far as next factor. Yeah, absolutely. He uh, I'm looking at the, the Steelers with their injury report. They do like a little story on it too. Um, and so they have on here about Trey Norwood, obviously uh, a rookie. He's, uh, apparently Cameron Sutton, who's the opposite corner, said that uh, he's a guy who has been in multiple positions for us, a guy who has a lot of awareness out there on the field, plays with a lot of physicality, smart and tough. It's something we preach not only in our secondary as a unit and as a team. Guys who are versatile, can move around, gives us options week in and week out, matchup-wise or schematically. So, I mean, like I said, you know, uh, Mike Tomlin used to be a secondary coach. Like, that's kind of his, you know, that's his MO. And, you know, he's going to have that unit ready to go for sure. Um, but the injuries are absolutely notable. And I'm glad that Alex mentioned uh, Trey Norwood there. Did you grade Trey Norwood? I did not. I graded his teammate okay. Trey Brown. I like Trey Brown, but I did not grade Trey Norwood. Okay. Just curious. Uh, my X factor is going to be Andre Roberts. I do think it's actually potentially relevant in this game. I do think no matter who is missing on that defense, kind of like the Vikings, it's going to be a very, very tight game. And Andre Roberts has delivered. Like, I know some plays aren't great, but I'll take the iffy with some great returns over obviously what we had before. Yeah. And I think him just getting them in a position like he, like he did at the first half of the Vikings game, and they didn't capitalize, but getting them in that position. And when a game is going to be, I'm sure pretty close, even though it really shouldn't be. It'll probably be close. I think just the extra five yards on a return, heck, getting them to the 50, making it a really easy, you know, you know, maybe they can kick a field goal after a couple of yards or whatever it is. I think he's an X factor in this game. We saw the last time the Chargers played the Steelers. It really came down to special teams helping out. That boost that Desmond King gave to the team was huge. 
And I think Andre Roberts could do something similar this time. Well, I'm glad you mentioned him too, because he's he's been better on punt returns than kick returns, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I would have thought it would yeah. be the other way around. So he's averaging a little over eight yards per punt return, and he's been really good mm-hmm. back there. I think that's been a good uh, a good boost to the team for sure. Um, all right, my X factor. I mentioned him earlier. It's going to be Donald Parham Parham. Excuse me, Donald Parham. Um, so to me, I think it's not a coincidence, in my opinion, that some of the best offensive outputs the team has had have been when they've gone out of their way to use Donald Parham and use him in the flats, use him, you know, over the middle, use him in the red zone. And I I think one of the biggest frustrations for me looking back at the film last week was that Parham was getting open and they were just, you know, he was either the third read or the fourth read, or, you know, they hand the ball off on an RPO when he's open. So, you know, Parham is somebody that I'm very interested in the back half of this season because Jared Cook's not really doing a whole lot for me right now or for the team, obviously. So I would like to see them expand on a Parham's role. You know, they're using him a ton as a blocker still. And I get that he has improved a lot, but you have Trey McKitty who's improving as a blocker. You have Steven Anderson who's improving as a blocker. So I would really like to see them expand Donald Parham's role and, you know, Alex mentioned the uncertainty surrounding uh, Mika Fitzpatrick. I think this is a matchup that can be had with the tight ends and specifically Parham. So uh, he is my X factor of the week. I don't see any reason to not be going to Parham too in these situations. Again, another deviation from what they did against the Eagles. Not that he has to be a feature, you know, three, four targets, whatever it was. Yeah, uh, There was one really good one, right? They got Herbert out of the pocket, gave it to Parham, nice route up field or whatever. Uh, but, you know, get him a little bit more involved. No one's been able to stop him, and yeah. he's open, you know, so it's not like he's not, like, getting open. It's not like teams are stopping him. He's bodying smaller defenders. Yep. And there's no reason to not go to him. Again, another criticism of Lombardi. That's a very valid one. He, they should be featuring him at least three times a game, four times a game, or at least until someone can stop him. They can't stop him so far, so why not feature him? Just make him TE1 already. I'm sick of watching Jared <laughs> Cook. I can't do it anymore with the drops and the I don't know where to be on plays. Like, come on. Um, yeah, but <laughs> it's not going to happen this year, but I would really want it to. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, they should be getting Donald Parham involved. They should be getting Steven Anderson involved. But, you know, that all changes from game to game uh, in terms yeah. of who they decide to get involved. So uh, I'd love to see it. Don't know if I have confidence that Lombardi is actually going to do it this game or that he'll feel that he'll have the opportunity to. Yeah, absolutely. I just think, you know, the, the Chargers have a, a lack of speed problem. And, you know, we can talk about the uh, decision to not sign Tyron Johnson again. But, you know, we're hearing from Daniel Popper on his YouTube show and in his articles that the team is really close to benching Jalen Guyton, who is their only speedster on the team. And to me, like a way to kind of compensate that is use your six eight tight end who can run a four or five or whatever yeah. and is extremely fast to you know can beat safeties mm-hmm. and linebackers and use him more vertically you know they're using him a lot in the flats a lot and like i said in the intermediate you know let parham stretch the field so i think he's an x-factor for this game and i think he's an x-factor for the rest of the season yeah if, if we can't go small and quick let's just go fucking huge like why not <laughs> if, if the fast stuff isn't working and you want to work you know intermediate whatever yeah. get the big dudes out there yeah, the the Chargers ran this super like cool look out, right? So they had they were in thirteen personnel. They had the three tight ends, Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen, and they motioned to empty, 
They motioned to empty with your three tight ends on the field. And I saw that happen. And I was like, this is going to be fucking awesome. So they run double slants. And then Jared Cook runs a flat route underneath. And they threw it to Jared Cook. And it went for a two-yard game. <laughs> I was so mad yeah. and so disappointed about that. Honestly, I mean, I think they should be doing that in the red zone more. Like, we saw that yeah. earlier in the year where they would just, like, throw Mike Williams and Donald Parham and all the tall people in the end zone. I don't know. Sign LeBron to be tight end if you want. Like, just throw all the tall guys in the end zone and throw the ball to him. Like, it doesn't – it feels like they're overcomplicating things when it doesn't really need to be that complicated. And obviously, like, you know, we understand why they signed Jared Cook. You know, you didn't really mm-hmm. know what you had in these guys. You know, it makes sense. He's been kind of productive. You know, Justin Herbert has counted on him in, in some key moments. But, you know, we, we've seen them kind of scale back his snaps a little bit. He's no longer on pace for a career high in snaps, which is really good. But, you know, we're still not seeing a ton of routes from Donald Parham. You know, he's still blocking a ton. And I would like to see them kind of shift gears there. Um, all right. So let's apparently down. Oh, Craig, <laughs> what up, Craig? Uh, Craig wants to know if Popper is still standing by his whole Jalen Guyton is better than Tyron Johnson take. Just asking for a troll. Um, He's allowed to be wrong <laughs> if he wants to be. Yeah, absolutely. I man, I, did you guys read that Jacksonville Jaguars article about why they cut him? No. It was uh, they didn't like the way that he was adjusting to the playbook. And didn't feel like he was uh, able to run a diverse route tree. They didn't like his route running ability. Did Urban Meyer say that from the facility or the titty bar? (laughs) That's how much I both actually. I'm pretty sure both. Yeah, pretty sure they converted it to both. (laughs) So I don't buy it. There, I don't know. There's something going on. I hate that he signed with the Raiders, but it is what it is. Uh, That's probably the last we'll mention of him. All right, let's get to our bolt predictions in this one. I'll start us off here. Uh, we were just very critical of Justin Herbert, um, you know, in his inability to kind of push the ball down the field. We've also seen him bounce back. You know, he had the the bad game against the, the Patriots, and he had a fantastic game against, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles. So given the injuries to the Pittsburgh Steelers secondary, I think we see Justin Herbert get 400 yards passing and three touchdowns. And I'll give him one on the road. I think we see a big Justin Herbert game in this one. I like it. I love it, man. Some primetime Herbert is so good. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. no, I'm going to – oh, I'll go first, I guess. Yeah, bold, bold predictions. Uh, I'm going to go with a special teams one. And hey. I'm going to say oh. – I'm gonna say that Good we're one? gonna be. I'm gonna say we're gonna be building a statue this week for Andre Roberts. <laughs> I think this is the wow. could happen. Okay. I'm looking at. Uh, so this is from special teams rankings. The Steelers currently, when it comes to opposing punt return yards, they are 22nd. Uh, they are 30th in the league when it comes to opponent kick return yards. Oh, um, so that is a little stat to you know the Steelers traditionally good on special teams, but they in that regard have not been great this year. Uh, so I think this could be a little bit of an Andre Roberts punt return week. Uh, I'd love to see it. So punt return touchdown. Let's go for it, Alex. That is that is a good poll, man. Well done. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I. A uh, you know Chris Rumph has getting was getting blown up like three times a game on kickoff returns. It's only like once per game now, so I do think things are improving. So yeah, I could, I could see him having a kickoff. So return. here's the thing. Why here's not? the thing about return touchdowns. You have to have the other people block. So the other ten people in the field <laughs> yeah, get your shit together. <laughs> well, 
apparently don't have to because the Vikings guy was his return for like 40 yards or whatever it was. And he just went to the other side of the field where there was nobody. So I don't even know if you have to block. I think he just to play yeah. the Chargers. Hey, well, um, the good news here, the good news, they are 31st in special teams DVO right now. <laughs> they are no longer 32nd. We are moving up the chain. I'm curious what the gap is between 31st and 30th. Like, do we can we get this this week? I think we can. I think, I think we, we can. can. Yeah. Just don't be break- fucking just don't be dreadful on punt, and I think they'll get that. Okay, it's sad I that like we it. live like this. It's sad that we've accepted <laughs> these conditions, and we're just willing to take this abuse. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> all right, my bold prediction. So I, I'm, you know, I challenge the defense to be better. Are they going to show up? They should. I believe they can. Will they? I think they are going to put it together. I think the defense really puts it together for the first time in a while, uh, and they hold the Steelers to 17 points. I know that doesn't seem like that seems like a, a lot of points, but I think holding them to 17 points, especially considering they could be missing a couple of guys, I think that's doable. So is 17 points bold? I actually think it is. Given the, the injuries and the COVID issues, I think that's very bold. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Uh, we're going to move on to our league-wide, league-wide picks segment. Excuse me. Um, mm. We'll move to Alex uh, is going to have an ad for uh, ExpressVPN and then update us on our pick standings. Yeah, you can go to expressvpn.com slash guilty uh, if you want to watch beautiful all 22 of that Steelers-Lions tie uh, that caused Tyler to not catch up to me yet again. What a beautiful selection. And then Big Ben was out with COVID. Oh, man. Not that I'm happy Big Ben got COVID, but Tyler really lost that pick. So sucks to suck, baby. Uh, but yeah, go to expressvpn.com slash guilty. They sponsor the picks. So these are the standings brought to you by expressvpn.com slash guilty. Go get your three month free trial today. I am 21 and nine. Tyler is 20 and 10. Uh, one game <laughs> off my pace. And Steven surprisingly had the best game, uh, best week of any of us. He went 14, he's 14 and 16 now. He went two and one while me and Tyler went one and two. So he's sort of heating up maybe at the right time. He just only has to make up six or seven (laughs) games here. So we'll see if he can do it. But uh, yeah, no. So those are the uh, GAC standings for a Jersey brought to you by expressvpn.com slash guilty. 
I know. I, I had to laugh the other day when Daniel Popper was complaining about Game Pass, and Alex and I both almost like simultaneously mentioned him <laughs> and be like, "Hey, use this. It's so much better. I promise." Yeah, just go to just go to medical school in a foreign country. It's easy. I don't know why you guys haven't, <laughs> haven't exposed this loophole in Game Pass yet. <laughs> Um, that being said, I believe it's Tyler's turn to go first. Am I correct? Sure. Right, so Tyler, you go first. Alex, you go second. I'll go last because I was first last time. Yeah, last time I went first, it completely backfired on me. I was like, hey, thanks for all the easy stuff. And then I was like one and two or whatever. <laughs> so that's great. But I can't wait for uh, uh, Steven's pick because whoever he picks, one of them is going to be cursed this week. <laughs> one of them's um, going to get blown the hell out. <laughs> yes. He really should have gone 3-0 and last week. And then Tom Brady just decided I to shoot the bet against Taylor Heineke. It's amazing. Yeah. Tom Brady against oh, backup quarterbacks, man. It's undefeated. <laughs> All right. I feel confident about this, though. Uh, God help me. I'm going to go with the Browns over the Lions. I think that listen you're picking against the lions two weeks in a row come on they they can't tie two weeks in a row right they can't possibly gamble will damn sure try to tie two weeks in a row yeah i think the Browns have a quarterback at least i think they can pull it off and that line that line is amazing so i think they can overcome it um yeah this is gonna be a disaster i'll go with the titans over the texans for my other pick uh, I don't know how many players are playing for the Titans right now, but the Texans are bad. Although the defense is still better than the Chargers, apparently. Uh, and then for my upset pick, I will go with the uh, Cowboys over the Chiefs. Okay. Yeah. How much are the uh, How much are the Chiefs favored by in that one? Oh, because it's in Kansas City, huh? I thought it was in Dallas. Okay, that makes more sense. It well, it's probably in Kansas City, but I'll check. I feel like that might be a pick. In Kansas City. It's, uh, at least on Yahoo Sports, it's uh, Chiefs yeah, it's minus 2.5. Mm-hmm. Minus 3.5? 2.5. Um, okay, that's about right, I guess. Um, all right, I guess we are going to get into my picks now. Uh, I will take the... <laughs> oh, God. I'm betting against Urban Do Meyer it. again. Um, I'm going to have to go with the San Francisco 49ers over the Jaguars. Um, Kyle Shanahan, uh, he pulled it together this week, so I think he can outsmart Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. But I also picked (laughs) Buffalo over the Jags, so who knows? Uh, So I will go with San Francisco. Uh, I think the Bills bounce back this week. Uh, Oh, wait. Wait, did you take Bills over Colts? Was I paying attention? No, he didn't pay. No. Yeah. Okay. Okay, he didn't take the Bills. I'll take the Bills. I think they get it together against the Colts. Uh, that just makes too much sense to happen. Uh, so I will go, yeah, with the Bills over the Colts. Uh, and I will mm-hmm. go with the Niners over the Jags. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, give me the line for the Saints-Eagles game. Uh, the Eagles are favored by 1.5. Fuck, I wanted to do it so bad. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm going to have to move on to another game then. Um, yeah. Not a lot of great upset material. Um, what's the line for Bengals Raiders? Uh, Bengals by one. In a, in Vegas. In Vegas, Bengals are favorite. Uh, no, I'm not going to do that one. Jeez, that's surprising really... though. I'm surprised that the Bengals are favored by like at all over the Raiders in Las Vegas. Uh, Raiders haven't looked too great recently. That's 
that's that been the true. problem. Uh, okay, Alex, I'll make it fun. If you call outright win between the Dolphins and the Jets correctly, I will give you a point of mine. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. You, you mean to... like you mean like the score? Like he has to name the score. No, no, no. Like who who like outright winner, no upset, just as your one of your outright winners. Dolphins, Jets. Not an I gotta upset go, pick. I to gotta go outright. Dolphins. Wait, wait, who's the who's the favorite in that one? <laughs> the Dolphins are the favorite. Fuck. Okay, well I can't pick wait, can I in add New York. that to my <laughs> No. Oh wait, oh no, I would have to go back on one of my Bills picks. Oh god. Come on, man. It's been like you ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. All right, I'm gonna roll the dice. I'm going to re- I'm going to retroactively. T- <laughs> I'm gonna take the Niners Jags pick off the board. I okay. am going to go with the Bills, and I'm gonna go with the Dolphins this week. And if okay. Tyler loses that, then I pick two games off of him. So then mm-hmm. I will. I'm gonna take the Dolphins this week. That's gonna be tough. Jeez, <laughs> I can't pick an upset to save my life. What's the Washington Carolina one? Uh, Carolina minus three point five. Give me Taylor Heineke. I don't fucking know what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. All right, Washington, Very Buffalo, nice. and Miami. There we go. There we go. All right. So I'm taking the Green Bay Packers over the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the Packers okay. only favored by two point five. I'm surprised by that. Um, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers has played extremely well against them, so I expect that continue. Um, I will take the. Is Kyler playing? Do we know yet? I think so. I want to say they're game pessimistic. Time, game time decision. I think they did. Okay, so I'm going to stay away from that one. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just picked the Buccaneers last week. So, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe it, maybe this will curse Tom Brady again. So, kind of a win-win for me. I'm going to take like the it. Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. And then for my upset of the week, I'm going to take the Chicago Bears over the Baltimore Ravens. I think the Ravens are in kind of a bad spot right now. And I think mm-hmm. Justin Fields showed some really, really good stuff, really high-level quarterback stuff last week. I expect him to get that monkey off his back and win that game, the kind of the uh, the Falcons win that the uh, that was for Justin Herbert. So I'm um, taking okay. the Bears in that one. All right. I like it. All right. So we're going to get into the our specific predictions for this one. Uh, if you haven't asked any questions, please do so in the chat right now. Uh, if you want to use the super chat feature, um, that is the best way to get that done. I saw that we had one earlier that uh, was making kind of a joke. So I think that was uh, LA Chargers 37, I believe, um, who kind of said that one. So if you want to use the super chat, please feel free to do so. Um, that being said, who wants to go first for their predictions in this one? I want Alex to go first. Oh, God, you set me up. You set <laughs> me up, you bitch. Uh, all right. I, so here's the thing. I first want to say I can't believe Tyler actually roped me into being emotionally invested in the Dolphins game. Uh, I am now, that is, <laughs> I might be more invested in that than the Eagles game that's on at the same time now. That game really determines my fate. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, as far as okay. Chargers Steelers, uh, I'm going to take the Steelers in this one. Uh, I don't like doing this, but when the Chargers offense has looked how it's looked, uh, I just can't pick them anymore. (laughs) Like, I feel like the emotionally abused boyfriend who's just, you know, going through the same stuff every week, the offense is going to get better, honey. It it hasn't. Uh, And it's been a real problem. So I sort of need to see it before I pick this team again. And I know people are going to say Mason Rudolph's playing. 
Uh, Mick Fitzpatrick's out. DJ Watt's mm-hmm. out. Cool. But, like, this should be the week they get it together. But I need to see them do it because, you know, I mean, it's not like Bill Belichick had, like, an amazing quarterback performance, you know, when he beat the Chargers with Mac Jones. Like, that wasn't, <laughs> you know, it wasn't terrific. And Lamar actually didn't play great against the Chargers either. But they had Jaron Harbaugh there. Uh, who sort mm-hmm. of evened the game out for them and outcoached mm-hmm. uh, Brandon Staley in that game. So I do not want to pick against the Chargers, but I am for now until I see them get the offense together. Um, this is just how it's going to be for me. Obviously, I'm going to pick them when they play the Giants or some of these poo kaka teams. Um, <laughs> you know, when those come on the table, it's easy. But until they get this offense together, until Brandon yeah. Staley doesn't get outcoached, I have to pick the Steelers to win this game 20-17. to 17. Yeah, and no, I completely understand where you go. Where you go? I thought that. you were going to say agree. I, I was going to be surprised. No, no. I, I the thing about the offense for me is, as I see that the plays are there, and at some point you like regression to come back to the mean. They can't drop another four passes, right? They're not going to. You know, Herbert's not going to miss four deep passes that are wide <laughs> open, right? For a month, you know, <laughs> I know, I know. I'm waiting. Now, we technically are like at a half point of the season. So maybe things start, you know, rounding out. If they just, if nothing was getting open and the offense looked bad and the line was terrible, then sure. But I just, I see things developing. The line is still very good. Three and a half of them are very good. The quarterback's excellent. Who's the half? So, just a half, whichever <laughs> half you want, up, down, left, it's, right. It's a quarter of each. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rush is outside half. That works better. Um, but the the Steelers, I think the Chargers got lucky on this end of the injury report. Davis is back. Adderley is back. I I do think Bosa will kind of return, or he will return. It seems like you know if he just stays in a bubble, he'll be there. Whereas Watt's not going to be there. Hayden's not going to be there. Fitzpatrick might not be there. You know, I, and Dotson might not be there. I just think even though it's going to be close, like Alex said, the coach is very good. Mike Tomlin is always going to keep it close. There's a reason that they have not had a losing season since he's entered the league as the coach, which is I don't even understand how that's possible. Yeah. Um, but I think they're just too banged up. I think the Chargers did end up on the right side of the injury report. So I'll say the Chargers do win 24-17. Yeah, I think, you know, from a betting standpoint, I was really surprised at this line being five and a half. To me, this is kind of a toss-up game because you know the yeah. Chargers are struggling, the Steelers are kind of struggling too. So it you know it's two teams that have not been looking really great or even very good consistently over the last month. But you know, I think Mike Tomlin, you know, he is one of the most underrated coaches in NFL history. I think you know when he was talking about the, his you know being asked about USC job, I think he was rightfully upset because he is one of the best coaches in the NFL not having a losing season over the course of 16, 17 years, whatever that he's been the coach is ridiculous, especially when you had the one season in 2019 with four games of Mason Rudolph and five games of Duck Hodges and Big Ben has been really bad in the last few years. So Mike Tomlin is a fantastic coach. I expect this game to be close. I expect this game to be, you know, potentially one on a field goal or, you know, stopped a last second stop or last second touchdown, whatever. This is going to be a close game. So from a betting standpoint, I'm I'm probably picking the Steelers against the points, but I think the Chargers should have enough to get the win. Um, I think with the way that the Steelers are banged up, if TJ Watt were playing in this game, if just TJ Watt were playing in this game, I would probably pick the Steelers. But because he's probably not going to play, I'm going to pick the Chargers 
And I kind of agree with the score prediction of Alex, you know, 2017 ish feels right to me. So I'll take the opposite 2017, but with the chargers winning. Got to be a close one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, I completely understand why, you know, Alex is doing that. You totally. know, if you're, if you're looking at this chargers team from like an objective betting standpoint, like mm-hmm. I would, I would not pick the Chargers to cover this spread and win in this game. If yeah. they were just on the outside looking in, trying to pick yeah. this game and make some money off of it. I'm here yeah, for reverse jinx, baby. I just need people <laughs> to be able to say, "Fuck you, Alex. You were wrong. We won by 35. <laughs> that'd be that'd be great. Uh, that's all I'm going for here. <laughs> yeah, we yes, haven't had to... a. Go ahead, Tyler. Nothing. I was going to make a, a comment about the Eternals, but it's not worth that. I think most people haven't seen it. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, so thank you. Um, yeah. All right, we'll get to some of these questions, um, and then we'll we'll head out for the day. I just ask me any question something. you want, except a deep pass question. I will mute you. I don't yeah, care. I just say, uh, the funniest moment of the Manning cast for me this year was when Eli was going to commercial break, and he was just like, "Oh, we're going to preview Peyton's new commercial for the externals." <laughs> 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 Yeah, I was uh, I was kind of bummed that uh, neither of the Mannings asked Philip Rivers about Justin Herbert. I kind of wish that they had, but otherwise he did really good. Yeah. All right, so ask some questions. I'm trying to to scroll and find some. Um... <laughs> Apparently, Tyler made a wanting to punch Alex in the face look during that segment. Oh yeah, that was when he gave me the middle finger when I was reading the standings. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I got hosed by the Bengals getting beat by the Jets and the Steelers. Roethlisberger getting COVID the day before and then tying with the Lions. It's not been great. Yeah. Yeah, you got hosed by Mike White and now they're benching him for Joe Flacco again. What a bizarre situation. I really thought that uh Douglas and Sala would be different there. Kind of seems just like they're more of the same weirdly. Mm-hmm. Um Jarrett wants to know, do you think that Donald Parham is tied in one next season? Um depends. I, I think he can be the tight end one, but yeah. I also still think they'll have Anderson back probably. Um I think Jared Cook will walk, but then you're also kind of developing Trey McKitty and maybe signing another tight end or doing something like that. So I think it's very possible considering, you know, um, his efficiency and his production and and the coaching staff just being like, Hey, this guy's six, eight, maybe we should just throw the ball to him more. It sounds like it would work. Um, He's improved as a blocker. Like, so I don't, I don't see why he couldn't be, but it depends on what direction they want to go. I think it's trending that way. Sorry. Yeah, good. I think it's trending that direction for Donald Parham. Um, you know, kind of depends on the market too. You know, maybe they mm. kind of move some things around. But Corey Lindsley apparently said something on Monday. You know, I wish we could watch the fucking press conference, but uh, you know, he was talking about just kind of the the lack of continuity with the Chargers. You know, from last season, there's you know every every starter is new on the offensive line, brand new coaching staff, completely overhauled. So I, I can't imagine that they are going to let like a ton of Justin Herbert's support system walk again in free agency. So I expect Donald Parham to be back. And unless they sign, 
you know, I don't even know who's a free agent off the top of my head, but barring like a, a first or second round pick on a tight end, I think it's going to be Parham as tight end one next year. Just to clarify, Parham is a, a exclusive rights free agent. So basically yeah. it just costs 600 K to bring him back. So there's, there's like no downside. Well, give him an extension then. <laughs> yeah, that too. It depends on what they want to do, because I think he can be, if they want more of a receiving, like shifty threat, what's it called? Like a power, not a power slot. Whether what was Nate Tyson? Those guys trying to call the, yeah, the tight slot, ends. Yeah. yeah. So like, a, if they want like a power slot, I don't really know if that's Parham. I think he's excellent. He's a much improved blocker. He's an um, I do guy. think. Yeah, definitely. Um, he's uh, you know great in the flat, great on the outside of the boundary, great on screens. Just don't really know if he's like that route runner, tight end sort of type. It, that's not really Jared Cook either, but I think they kind of envision Cook being sort of that, whereas Parham's that excellent weapon that they should be using but aren't. So do I think he's tight end one next year? It depends on what it depends on what they want. If they want to go a more shifty route runner, fine. If they want, you know, and they might not make him the, the tight end one. If they are okay with him as tight end one and understand sort of his limitations, partially because of his size, and they want to get a receiver early on instead, I could see that happening too. So I do think he'll be back. I just don't know. It depends on what they want to do because they could upgrade that position, but I hope they don't let him go because, you know, outside of Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert's really is some of his favorite targets, Hunter Henry, Tyron Johnson, both those guys left, guys left. Now taking another unique weapon away, like Donald Parham, like that would, yeah, I don't. I, that wouldn't be good for him, I don't think. And it's not really a Telesco yeah. thing to let go of someone like Parham, just like it wasn't really a Telesco thing to let, let go of someone like Tyron Johnson. So hopefully they don't, because I would just hate That's them great. to keep shuffling yeah. through different guys. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> Mike Williams is a free agent too, so I would imagine that they would want to keep, you know, at least most of that core intact. Um, just for reference's sake, Zach Ertz is a free agent. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, excuse me. Jimmy Graham's a free agent, Rob Gronkowski, CJ Uzama, Eric Ebron, Gerald Everett, Jared Cook, Max Williams, Mo Ali Cox, Robert Tanyan, Anthony Ferkser, Lee Smith, OJ Howard, Hayden Hurst, Evan Ingram, Jeff Swain, David Njoku, Tyler Croft, Mike Gesicki, Ross Dwelly, Dallas Goddard, Jesse James, Blake Bell, and that's that's until it gets really gross. So those are the kind of good names. Cool. All right. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I was typing. My bad. <laughs> You're good. Um, Reality Check wants to know if we think the Chargers will hold. Excuse me. Hit my computer. Uh, Reality Check wants to know if the Chargers will hold the Steelers to under 120 rush yards. Uh, if Limon Joseph does not play, there's zero chance in hell that that happens. So it uh, kind of depends right now. I mean, it's possible on the basis that the Steelers don't have a mobile quarterback who can run it all. Um, and I guess if you're just saying Najee Harris could have like hundred yards and then maybe like 30, 40 receiving, like that's not a crazy thing for him either. So it could happen. Um, I wouldn't bet on it to happen though. No, no, definitely not. Well, uh, you guys don't know this. We are listening, but Alex is currently on a four game winning streak in fantasy football. <laughs> And I'm playing him this week, and I have Najee Harris. So if the streak were to continue, I think it's because Najee Harris does not have a big game. So maybe. Alex has had some really good luck right now. So I think between Alex's great luck and me picking the Steelers and them tying and me having Najee Harris this week, I think Najee Harris is going to have like, you know, 20 yards and four fumbles. 
Yeah, I need Najee to have a good game for my other league, though. So I don't mm. know. It's, it's sort of one of those situations. Yeah. yeah. Alex almost quit our league, and now he's going to be in the playoffs. <laughs> what a turnaround. Honestly. We had to hold a gun to Alex's head for him not to quit. And now he. <laughs> and then, then he kicked off his win streak by beating Steven. I know. <laughs> So you're welcome, Alex. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Jeff Thompson wants to know if we think it's time for another Derwin interception game. It's I mean, time for anyone to get an interception yeah. game. Like, please, we need the turnover ratio to be better. Yeah. I mean, that Al, Tyler was right. That Tavon Campbell dropped interception was so much worse on so film bad. than it was on the broadcast. I mean, that man had at least 35 yards in front of him if he were able to catch that one. So... Uh, mm-hmm. I'm less upset about Derwin's interception that happened in the end zone because it was just like a crazy play that he was able to recover from in that instance anyway. But mm-hmm. I mean, this team needs someone to create some turnovers. And I think that we've seen, like I've said it a bunch of times, like there are some players who are like really close in these instances to creating one. Uh, they just need to make it happen. I, mean, I think they can. I don't... If you can't do it against Mason Rudolph, then what are we talking about with this defense? So this should be the game to get a turnover. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing too, I wanted to mention, you know, I tweeted this out, but on that last third and 18 or the third and 20 that the uh, Vikings converted for 18, I'm fairly confident in saying if that were Nasir Adderley, that would have been an interception because Trey Marshall was like, petrified of giving getting beat deep and it was like so obvious that Thielen was running a deep dig route and Kirk Cousins just like looked at it and was like oh the safety's 20 yards behind where he should be I'm just gonna chuck it up and you know Thielen made, made a play so you know I think we see the Chargers make a couple turnovers in this one I really do um Not wrong for- speedy yeah wrong speedy asked about Xavier Howard um, he got an extension by the Dolphins. He is not a free agent. So if the Chargers want Xavier Howard, they would have to trade for him, which they won't. Yeah, and I don't really see corner being a like a trade or a big free agent thing for the next year, barring no, because unless they want Campbell to be a rotation sort of guy and they want to move Asante Samuel Jr. to the slot and then put Williams from the Rams at the outside. Otherwise, I really don't see them going for any big free agents or, or trades. Me either. Um, a couple people asking about Devontae Adams and Mike Williams conversation. I'm still leaning towards re-signing Mike Williams. You know, like I said, I think you want to keep the core of Justin Herbert's support system intact, you know, especially as you're going into year two of a new system. I have a hard time thinking, like Jeff Thompson points out, that uh, Popper thinks Mike Williams walks for too much money. I just, I don't know if I buy that. Like he would have to really like get back to complete dominating, complete domination. Like he was in the first five games for me to think that, Oh, he's going to walk for too much money. So that's certainly possible in terms of the domination. But right now I have a hard time thinking that the chargers wouldn't be able to afford him. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's the chargers being able to afford him issue. I mean, they have plenty of cap next year and the next coming years anyway. It's uh, you know, do you still want him on the team kind of issue? I mean, like, look, yeah. I, I think this was a similar conversation around Hunter Henry where it was just like, you know, is he above replaceability? Um, do they view Mike Williams as someone who's above that, even, you know, with his current problems, dropping the ball and, and all that? Um, 
I was all about giving Mike Williams the blank check because I thought he made the leap and then he didn't make the leap. Uh, so, you know, we're sort of back to watching 2019, 2020 Mike Williams out there. And I think that's a reasonable thing to be concerned about. Um, I don't know if it means they go after Devonte Adams, but like I said, last podcast or in the last few that we've done, uh, I'm very neutral on the idea of bringing him back in general. It's so tough because, like you said, you don't want to get rid of another weapon of his. I don't see him, well, barring a catastrophic injury or something, or him being just a weird, like, I will not take less than X amount of money kind of situation. Or like the Patriots where they offered Hunter Henry a ridiculous amount of money per year. The Chargers are just like, never mind then. Um, other than that, like, I don't see how they would move on from him. But I don't know. For him to be still struggling, I thought there was something there to begin the season. But you see... As it is right now, he's 80th out of 117 uh, receivers at get, getting open against uh, man coverage. That's like that's bad. That's not good enough, especially for you know an offense sort of like this, a former seventh round pick. I don't know. It's such a shame. I don't. It's like everything that we saw in training camp and everything we feared was going to happen happened after his breakout. I don't understand. You know, is it? Yeah. It doesn't seem like like they teams are like they're still featuring Keenan Allen. That hasn't changed. Keenan Allen's still on the field. They have other weapons. They have Eckler. They have all sorts of other things. And Williams is just, he's not getting the ball. He's dropping the ball, which is awful. Now he's also not getting open against man. It's so tough because you see, you saw everything that was there and a thing that we'd never seen before. And then he's now not even a part of the game plan, dropping the, the touchdown that could have changed the game. So I don't know. It's, it's so unfortunate. If Adams is there, and he's out of Green Bay. That's the guy I'm going for, and I wouldn't hesitate. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with the, <laughs> excuse me, wide right receiver market in general, because obviously you have Devontae Adams, you have Chris Godwin, who are two players that I think will absolutely get you know monster deals. They're certainly worth it. Um, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. If he plays well down the stretch, what happens there? Same with Mike Williams. You know, what happens there? Juju Smith is Schuster is hurt. Ty Hilton's hurt. So there's not – outside of Godwin and Adams, there's not a ton of, like, certainty in terms of that position. So I'm just kind of curious, like, from a, uh objective standpoint, like, what happens there. Um, in terms of other receivers, like, I know everybody wants to talk about Devontae Adams, and I think they have the money to go, to go do that. But I, I think they could go after, like, a couple free agents and, and as opposed to, like, one if they wanted to do. Uh, Cedric Wilson, just looking at this list, is somebody that is really interesting to me. I've kind of talked about the lack of yards after catch consistency, and I think Cedric Wilson would be a, a big help there. All right, yeah. I think that's oh. gonna. I think that's good enough for tonight. Sorry, Alex. Well, uh, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> we're running on an hour and a half, so uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, make sure and like the show, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, if you're listening to the audio version of this, please leave a rating or review. Um, Tyler, Alex, and Arjun are going to be doing the Q&A this week. I am not going to be available. And the proceeds of that one will be donated um, to, I forget his name right now. Tyler, can you help me out with his name? <laughs> well, it was a Twitter name, so I don't exactly recall what the name <laughs> okay. was. Uh, he's, the, he's the Chargers fan. I, I know his Twitter ad is like uh, Bolt Gang Baby or something like that, All Day Bolt Gang. Yeah, it's it charges all day on Twitter. I I don't recall his name. I apologize. That's okay. 
Uh, I should have remembered that too. So anyways, the, the three of them are going to be doing the Q&A on Saturday. All uh, proceeds of that one will be donated to uh, his fight against cancer. So we've done mm-hmm. this a few times as a fundraiser for uh, struggling Chargers fans. So please tune in, bring your super chat questions for these guys. Uh, and uh, I hope it goes well for them. Absolutely. Can't wait to do it. Alex, any thoughts? Uh, yeah, charitable efforts, always great. So if you want to open the pocketbook to ask us about ranking the three Spider-Men or talking about the Chargers, whatever <laughs> it is, that's all great. Uh, so we'll be happy to do that to raise money for someone in need. Uh, in addition to someone who needs something, I need a win. I need a victory over Pittsburgh. <laughs> Please give it to me. And just fuck Pittsburgh, man. We need this. Yeah, we... We got quite the rant from Alex last week against Minnesota. I can't uh, do the rant this week. I probably would have prepared something, but now, you know, Minnesota made me look stupid this week. So Chargers, <laughs> you got to go out and prove it. That's why I picked against you. <laughs> so you got to go out and prove it this week. There we go. Well done. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. We'll see you next time. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.